Ken, nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. This, this is, is uh, awesome. Yeah, it's good to actually like talk face to face, so to speak. Yes, yeah, face to face virtually. Um, we, I think we connected about a year ago, maybe over mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, I think we were geeking out about uh, Dolby Vision on the iPhone, and that's what. <laughs> yeah. That's how we lined up. Now, did you um, did you happen to stumble across any of my videos in the past on YouTube or anything? I probably have, and I did used to watch Indie Mogul like way back when. Yeah, uh, I, f- I forgot how long ago, but probably Dude, when I was like, <laughs> Indie Mogul is yeah. like an OG channel. So I mean, it is. It totally is. That was where that was like one of my like top two or three go to places when I needed to learn video stuff when my YouTube channel was super super small and young. So yes, that's yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, how how long have you been on YouTube now? Do you do you I, know the number? Yeah, I actually just celebrated my 14th anniversary in September. So yeah, over 14 years. 14 years. <laughs> yeah. Talk about been, OG. I know it's been crazy. Now it was really just totally a mega hobby back then. Uh-huh. Like I wasn't even thinking about the business aspects of it. Um, that didn't come until later. And it really hasn't been until like the last couple years that I've really started treating it more like a business. It was more of a hobby up until then. But yeah, 14 yeah. years. 14 years. I had no idea that you were that much of an OG. That's amazing. Yeah. Computer Clan's been around a long time. One of the <laughs> longest running longest running tech channels that actually still uploads regularly. That's amazing. I mean, I Thank you. I have definitely seen your stuff over the years. And uh, when we connected on Twitter, I definitely fangirled a little bit and love <laughs> your stuff. Um, especially this last year or so, you've been doing this great series that uh, has been a riot to watch these... Uh, um, scam based the scam busting. Oh my gosh, yeah. dude. The that scam stuff busting. is, that has been so much fun to do. I was, it all started with just this thing. I wanted to bust over. It was like, what was it? Uh, Memorial day weekend. I had a buddy of mine over and I was like, Hey, I keep seeing this ad for this ridiculous thing that I know is not technically possible. Let's just do an <laughs> episode about it. See what happens. And it yeah. got like a million views pretty quick and it which, ended up becoming a thing. <laughs> which video was that? Um, that that was the lit mobile. It was like a small solar panel that claimed it could charge your phone yes. and stuff. And I'm just lit like, mobile. yeah, lit mobile. Is and lit mobile a scam? Yes. Here's why. Crazy can. Yep. <laughs> and that is just, uh, I picture uh, like, you know, the meme with like the Grim Reaper and he's going into the doors and he's like killing these companies because lit mobile is just one of several oh, what's that sorry you're uh, my internet paused for a second can you repeat oh, that <laughs> sure, lit mobile sure. is one of those what and lit mobile is just like one of several websites that are now shut down ever since i released a scam busting episode about oh, wow. them and it's <laughs> it's never my goal going into a scam buster to shut them down like that's not what i'm trying to do and sure. i I try to be respectful. Like I don't, you know, say people's names and I don't want to spread rumors and stuff. So I try to keep it, uh, you know, an even playing field, but there have sure. been several companies that have shut down their websites ever since I've done <laughs> scam busters about them. And lit mobile was one of them. Well, I mean, it's a scam. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> kind of get what you have going. I mean, it's, it's almost yeah. like those types of companies I would imagine are, are kind of think to themselves, let's see how long we can get away with this and then move I, on to yeah. the next thing. <laughs> yep. I bet that's going through their heads sometimes. So tell me Ken about yourself. How did you get started in this whole world of YouTube? Are you a, a filmmaker or a video person at all? Or were you more of a tech enthusiast that then slowly became a filmmaker. I mean, you're shooting on a black magic camera right now. 
and yeah. <laughs> your uh the video quality on your youtube channel is extremely high and uh your editing and, and motion graphics and everything very uh high production have you been involved in video production over the last 14 years alongside this youtube channel more or less yes uh the funny thing is the whole tech enthusiasm thing happened like at the same time i was getting into video Mm-hmm. Because the more I learned about how to do do cool video stuff, the more it's like, oh, wait, it's all done with this technology. I remember being <laughs> so amazed. I remember this vividly. I was like in middle school and, you know, it would be like group presentations or whatever. And I'd be using PowerPoint and I'd, you know, click through my slides and do my thing. And then I'd see a kid like use movie maker which uh-huh. i didn't even know was like a thing back then but i'd see like these transitions and these titles like dissolve in over the footage and i'd be like how do you do that <laughs> so, uh yeah. later as luck would have it um back when i was living with my folks uh, around this time we bought an imac it was the white imac one of the first intel ones and uh, it had iMovie on it. So, I, you know, I click that button and I, the eyesight camera turns on and it starts recording me. And I'm like, whoa. And you like, you can drag titles on top of it. And I just self-taught myself iMovie. Oh, wow. And around that time, I got really into the tech stuff and then really into the video editing stuff. Um, like, like definitely not really like the filmmaking aspect. Like, you know, sure. what story? I don't need story. I just want cool <laughs> titles. <laughs> yeah. But all that like storytelling and other stuff evolved later. But yeah, it all started, yeah, around around that time. It was just a... That's not amazing. even a teenager. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, same here, man. I, w- I started out when I was ab- about that age as well. Middle school, some of my buddies, we had a little, um, we had like a tiny little Canon power shot. It was actually like oh, one of those yes. point and shoot cameras, but it also had a video mode on it. And so we would just shoot like stupid home videos and uh, make fake commercials and, you know. Oh, yeah, dude, fake commercials. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude, I love it. I, I did the same crap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Even before I had like any non-linear editing, I would just use like my yeah. dad's like Sony camera and just tape it all linearly and be like, okay, that's the take we got. We can't <laughs> edit this thing. Let's just make it work. I don't know about yeah. you, but my my dad's VHS camera had a fade in and fade out button on it. Did you ever use those? <laughs> my dad's did as well. And I had no idea how to use it, <laughs> but it was there. Yeah. That was pretty cool to like self-edit, you know, do a fade yeah. out. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I think I even tried to do stop motion one time where I was just like, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It wasn't oh, gosh. even pictures. It was just record, <laughs> cut, record, cut. Yeah. And it looked awful oh, man. <laughs> on a tape. Oh, man. How old oh, are yeah, you? That, that, We're the same. Uh, We're millennials, right? You're the same age yeah. as me pretty much. I, I'd say about-ish. Yeah. I graduated yeah. in 08. So yeah, uh, uh, give or take a couple of years. I'm a little younger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's Dude, fair. A, a lot of people get my age wrong and I've just accepted it as a meme by now. Cause you're I 20, naturally have like, you're 25, 27, 27. Okay. So split it down the middle. I'm 31. Yeah. You're 27. There you go. There you I go. just naturally have like some baby face. Like I remember one time I was on a trip in Las Vegas and I had a back, I was actually at NAB. Oh, and nice. I had a I had a backpack on and there was a photo of me and I posted it on Twitter and someone said I looked like I was 14. I don't know if it was because I had a backpack and it looked like I was going to school <laughs> yeah. or something, but it happens. That's it amazing. Happens. You know, the thing that I think I really resonate with your content, um, and it's something that I tried to do with mine as well, is the amount of humor that you infuse into your, <laughs> your videos is it's incredible. And um, I feel like, you know, just talking to you just about how you got started. I think we would have been friends in high school because uh, probably very similar sense of humor, both total like nerds with everything. Um, was that always intentional for you or is it just kind of just natural uh, with, with the type of videos that you make? 
it kind of just happened naturally. Now, if my old videos would ever be watched by somebody, if they ever got out of my secret vault, uh, you would notice I really wasn't very humorous at all. It kind of uh -huh. just came with, like, I was a very shy kid, but as I got, you know, more, uh, more of a social, got to be more of a social butterfly, I got more funny on camera and, uh -huh. um, I'll be honest. I owe it a lot to Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, but like, yeah, I've watched it. The, the the riffing and everything in that show, that kind of like on the spot witty humor, like that's yes, that's like my thing. I, I totally, I totally resonate with that. Did you did you get into like Tim and Eric Awesome Show and um, Robot Chicken or anything? Robot Chicken definitely. Uh, Tim and Eric kind of came later that for me anyway like the memes yeah. is what kind of got me aware of it i haven't watched a ton of it but the stuff i have seen i totally love but robot chicken when i saw that back on yeah. tv oh yeah absolutely my and my dad kind of i grew up my dad showing me like monty python and uh watching mr bean and uh <laughs> you know old snl clips so like in my household i i definitely kind of grew up with all this type of older humor kind of quirky british kind of dry like awkward humor <laughs> so yep. uh tim and eric i always felt like is kind of like an american version of what monty python was in england but probably um, the elephant in the room or the lunch tray in the room is <laughs> what's sitting on the desk right now if you're not watching the video you have the new macbook pro Indeed. m1 max or pro i don't know what, what you have this here. one this one is the m1 pro Ooh, okay. Is that the 16 inch or the 14? 16. Okay. Yeah. I, I assumed it was, it looks pretty big, but I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, you're, you're talking about how people think you look younger than you are. So I don't know. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> I can't judge based on size, but what, what have you been doing with it? How long have you had it? And what are some of your initial thoughts with it? So I've had it basically as long as a non embargoed person could have it. Cause <laughs> I, I ordered it right away. It got here uh on what was it on that tuesday, tuesday. right yeah this yeah tuesday. which which was like the day after the review embargo yeah um unfortunately like i i wanted to do some episodes about it on my channel already and uh life just got busy with other things so i'm gonna release a couple coming up really really soon um but initial impressions were holy crap this is the best mac notebook <laughs> i've ever used in my life it's so and you, good <laughs> and you have the the pro right i mean as, as silly as it is like the pro if if they just stopped at the pro that would have been already pretty amazing but then they did the one more thing with the max um, yeah Good and goodness. I'll be honest, Look at that I screen. haven't even, oh, the screen is, that's a gorgeous screen. I, uh, I'll be honest. I haven't even like fully crazily speed tested it yet. Um, because I still have my daily driver iMac in my office. Uh, but this thing is really freaking fast, but the things that I really like about it are just like, you know, the bezels are so thin that, you know, the 120 Hertz refresh rate display and it's mini led. So those blacks are really black and no touch bar. I wasn't a fan of the touch bar. It's funny. And, I, I did see like one or two people on Twitter say, I'm going to miss the touch bar. And it's like, Oh, okay. Be quiet. <laughs> You're the yeah, only to, person. <laughs> to anybody who liked it, more power to you, but I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm upgrading from a 2013 MacBook Pro, so I didn't even have things like Touch ID. So, like, having Touch ID for me is nice. Totally. Um, but also, as a video guy, having that SD card slot back, having the HDMI port back, that stuff is a, is a godsend. So oh, I don't have huge. to dongle it up all the time. Look at that gorgeous thing. The thing that is just breathtaking <laughs> with it is how they really have kind of gone back to their old design, design language yeah. with the uh, titanium 
kind of uh, power book kind of thing. Okay. I, I brought this to someone at my day job office and he held it and immediately he said, Oh my gosh, this feels like my power book G4. And I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> there's, there's nostalgia in this thing. There totally is. And I, I, I don't know if Apple did that on purpose or what, but yeah, I, I totally feel it. Well, I think Absolutely. It, it really comes back to the fact that a couple of years ago when the Mac pro kind of came out, apparently it got out into the news that Apple hired a bunch of pro video editors and photographers that I think, oh, they, yeah. I think they essentially like continued to work on their own freelance projects, but they kind of like observed them and would like question them and take notes. And so all the computers that we've been seeing like this and the Mac pro and hopefully the next gen of the iMac are oh, really yeah. taking notes from like, they're actually listening to pros finally they've they've literally regressed which is so rare for apple it's it almost seems so absurd to us to even consider that they would put an sd card back in it or god forbid an hdmi port or magsafe are you kidding me like those would mm -hmm. be like in the past couple of years we would have thought like there's no way in heck they would ever regress back to adding those things but they did and we're thrilled. Like, this is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And even just, I think it was like a day ago, um, somebody interviewed one or two of the executives at Apple. I think one of them was like one of the product marketers for the Mac and the iPad. And, you know, they, they spoke in their own executive language <laughs> yeah. um, when they were asked about like bringing back some of the stuff. But when you look at it and you kind of boil it down and translate it to human English, it's like, Oh, hey, we were we were wrong. So this <laughs> th this whole thing, even though Apple didn't say it verbatim, this kind of stuff is Apple, I think, subtly admitting that they were wrong about mm -hmm. those changes they made with the 2016 to 2020 or 2019 pros. Yeah. yeah. Can you also like it takes it takes several years for these types of things to get out. So obviously the last two years they already knew that this was probably going to be the next thing. And I, I think bet. about two years ago, Johnny Ive quit. So it's like, what if what if they were like, hey, we're putting the MagSafe and the SD card slot in. And he's like, you know what? I'm done. I, I quit. <laughs> I, I've actually, the episode I was recording just earlier today, it's kind of like my heart to heart uh, with Apple thanking <laughs> them for reverting their things. One of the things I said was, you know, I don't know what was going through Johnny Ive's head with the last generation, <laughs> but like, and that's true. I don't really know like how <laughs> involved he was with that, but I do find it interesting that he's gone and all of a sudden now they got a little thicker, some old things came back, and it's I'm still, really happy. <laughs> but the but it doesn't look like a, a monstrosity. It still looks like all. a beautiful piece of art. It's yeah. it's minimalist. It still has that brushed aluminum. I think it's it actually looks more unibody for some reason. It looks more kind of streamlined. Um, it, it looks yeah, I, it's I, got I agree. Sharper it, edges, it seems, but yes, it does have like like the narrower, like smaller radius corners, and it does look a little more chonk. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say. Uh, but the cool thing is, literally, like you have more like there's ventilation like all over this thing now, and, and it's it, got the feet, so it kind of floats over feet. your table. And it's yep. got the, uh, what's that MacBook uh, in, on the bottom of it? Yeah, I was going to say, I actually really like this part, how big the logo is, like engraved on the bottom. That I think is really... It's hard really to translate slick. on camera, but they... Yeah, I'm trying to trying to angle it where you can like see it better, but there like, you go. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's nice and big on the bottom. Now, what are your thoughts? I mean, have you run any type of tests with your video editing software? Um, you yeah. know, we, we don't want to give away anything. I would actually go ahead and give a plug for Computer Clan 
we'll obviously put a link in the show notes and in the description. Go subscribe to Ken's channel if you haven't already. Um, I'm sure you'll be having a video soon. And by the way, before we go on more of a rant <laughs> about the computer, I want to <laughs> say I'm proud of you for like not being too stressed out about all this because I don't know what happened you didn't share with me. But you know, if you were going through like normal human uh, family things mm. and you're putting that first, like I commend you for that because um, I in the past have like caused myself to burn out because I would make YouTube videos when I really shouldn't, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It, um, in this particular case, it, it was more of a, a previous a business obligation I had. And I was working so hard to make sure that didn't fall on the day the new Mac, the pros arrived because I really wanted to make episodes about it. Uh, but unfortunately, that, that's not what happened. So I had to take a, a quick break from YouTube to take care of that other stuff. But hopefully I can uh, get that juggled around soon and make yeah. some more stuff. Because I used to release an episode every week, but lately I've had to do every other week. And yeah, burnout is a serious thing. It totally is. So I've switched to that every other week schedule to try to keep myself going better. Uh, but I'm aiming to reduce the amount of time I work at my day job now so I can actually focus on the YouTube channel more. So that should be coming soonish. Nice. I want to ask you more about that later, but while we're still yeah, on totally. the topic of the MacBook, um, can you kind of run me through a little bit of your experience with, and you have, tell me the exact specs on everything sure. you got there and then share your, your ideas on the editing. Absolutely. And stuff. Absolutely. So this particular one is the baseline 16 inch pro but with the upgraded storage, because it comes with 512, I bumped it up to a terabyte. Nice. It's got the six, 16 gigs of unified memory. I figured that would be okay, because again, this is not my daily driver, it's just my mobile machine. And that is with the M1 Pro. So the one, one advantage there is, yeah, it's not gonna be as fast as the M1 Max, but you actually can get potentially longer battery life with the M1 Pro. And mm. you know, Apple said 21 hour battery life and stuff like that. But if you, you know, look at the footnotes, it's tested on an M1 Pro machine. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so the m1 max may not get the 21 hours of battery life so and just also it's just mind. playing video too like on a like netflix or something so it's not you know when you're editing and doing heavy lifting um it's obviously not going to get that battery life but oh yeah yeah absolutely the 21 hours yeah more specifically is video playback on an m1 pro with the brightness set to eight notches <laughs> i love specific. reading the I love reading the footnotes uh, but anyway, but that being yeah. said, it's still going to be the best uh, battery life on a pro laptop in the world, mm -hmm. like uh, yeah. for, for video editors and, and photographers. Ab absolutely. I didn't even charge this up before the show today. And in, in fact, I don't think I've plugged this in, in over a day and it still has 30% juice left. Just that's amazing. <laughs> it lasts, it I, uh, lasts so long. Tyler Stallman uh, did a video on, on the M1 pro and max. And he, he had like, seven streams of 8k he was exporting lightroom files and opening up photoshop and after effects and then he was screen recording everything he edited the entire video and Gosh. then he exported it and he still had 30 minutes and he never plugged in <laughs> once for all that he's like that's crazy i use the battery for the shoot for the recording for the screen recording for the editing and i still have 30 percent left <laughs> that's insane the, the performance per watt, like ever since Steve Jobs talked about it more, you know, when they were transitioning from PowerPC to Intel back in the day, ever since that, I've always been like, huh, that makes sense. It's not just how fast is your computer. It's how fast is it whilst not sucking a bunch of energy and creating a bunch of heat. Yes. That's the other, that's the other thing too. I have not heard the fans spin up on this thing at all. And like, it hardly gets warm. It's amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, so I actually ran one test like right before we recorded just to have it fresh. So it was a 19 minute and 18 second 4K timeline. And I exported it with an H.264 4K preset. And it was all 4K footage. I, I just put like a, an adjustment layer color grade across the whole thing just to make it a little more challenging. I put a title across the whole thing just to make it take a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, on battery, it wasn't plugged into power. It exported in nine minutes. It hardly felt warm at all. And there was no fan noise, which nice insane for a laptop. Yeah, totally. And what's the Kodak and what are you in Final Cut or Premiere? This was in Final Cut. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, once you unfortunately for the Adobe people, um, you're you're no you're not going to get the uh, speed that you can get in Final Cut or Resolve right now. Might not. Yeah, I, I will give Adobe some credit. Uh, their update they did a couple years ago or like about a year ago has made it much better than it was like in the older days on the Mac. But uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't done a recent speed test, but I'm sure Final Cut and Resolve would still be faster. Yeah unfortunately but i mean that's really impressive um i know prores in particular is blazing fast it essentially has like an afterburner card in it it's similar pretty much yeah i think they call it like the media engine or something like that and it's it just like smokes the afterburner (laughs) which you can get in the mac pro to to make it a little more complicated i yeah i should have mentioned this the acquisition codec was h264 so i actually wasn't scrubbing or doing anything with prores in the timeline so it was acquired in h264 and exported uh but yeah it's still it's obviously scrubbed just fine nine minute export time on battery no heat no fan noise it was freaking awesome that's awesome that's gonna be a huge uh upgrade for me personally I'm, I'm, i've been on the m1 as my main workhorse oh. on a mac mini and it, as, oh, gr- sweet. as great as it's been um you know editing and final cut like the timeline is blazing fast um i found that a lot of my actions were faster than even a maxed out 16 inch which is what i had prior um mm-hmm. intel of course um right and uh but my export time has been awful. So like, it'll take me like an mm. hour to export. I'm doing these like two hour long videos for my job now. Um, mm. And so it, it literally takes like an hour, two hours to export these things. Uh, and so, and my previous machine with the beefier GPU, like it probably would have been a lot faster, but um, so I'm looking forward to having a lot more power. <laughs> so, oh yeah. That, that's that's gonna be good. That's the main reason why I had to upgrade from my eight year old laptop. I was like, these four K workflows aren't really keeping up. I, I do give Apple credit though. If it weren't for Final Cut Pro, oh, I probably yeah. would have had to get rid of that laptop years earlier. But it's just so optimized; it can run on that old hardware just fine. I know. I I yeah. I think all of this. The caveat is um, nobody who's listening needs to feel like FOMO about this. If you're happy and content with what you have. Um, and even oh, if, yeah. you know, even if you have a lesser machine or last year's model, uh, it's, you know, Final Cut is so optimized, especially, mm-hmm. um, I used to do, I, I think I had a MacBook Air for an entire year, uh, when I was a freelancer and, uh, oh, you know, man. it was slow, but, uh, but I just, you know, made it work. I converted everything to proxy. So I would like, after a shoot, I would just come in and offload and then just let it go overnight to do sure. like a 1080 proxy and then you know it cut like butter on a macbook air so yeah totally um very exciting stuff i ordered the max uh because 
I just nice. wanted to get something that'll last. You know, this will be my primary machine. Do you have plans <laughs> on getting uh, a desktop replacement? Are you a desktop guy or? Yeah, I'm absolutely a desktop guy. The um, I actually have the most recent Intel iMac, which will probably be the last one they do the larger <laughs> yeah. form factor. <laughs> um, so yes, I do, I do have that. It is, it's really good. It's still incredibly fast. Cause it's like, it's got like whatever the highest end GPU you can get for it is. It's a 10 core I nine. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that works well. Um, I'm tempted to see what Apple does with the, like the iMac pro, whatever they're going to call it, the Apple Silicon version with the 27 inch screen and all that. Um, yeah. Considering I just dropped money on this and on a new Blackmagic camera, I don't know if I'm going to buy it yet, but Ooh. maybe the a next new, version. A new Blackmagic camera. What did you get? Yes, uh, I got the uh, 6K Pro, which is actually what you're seeing me through nice. right now. Do you like it? I freaking love this thing. I have, so I used to use a 6K, which is sitting yeah. back there. And the only reason I got another one was I wanted to start doing some more multicam stuff because mm-hmm. I've, I've been creatively limiting myself with one camera for so long. And it works for a lot of things, but there's some things I want two cameras for. So yeah. I bought this and it has the dual onboard XLR. So it makes microphone Ooh, yeah. syncing and stuff super Built easy. Built in NDs too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I agree. I, when I was doing YouTube full time, it was always like one is locked off on, on sticks and then one's handheld or a floater. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's very valuable to just have a floater because like if you want to go out, uh, although you're kind of st- in the studio most of the time, but... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd go out on location and, and shoot. Um, it was a big Absolutely. pain in the neck to like get the tripod one out yep. and get the monitor off and the, the AC power and make sure all the batteries, you know, whatever. So, Oh yeah, I totally agree. Even just in my shoots today, I was shooting these MacBook pro episodes. It's nice to leave just the A-roll camera there exactly where it is right now. Yeah. Bust out the B-roll camera, do all this cool stuff. <laughs> never have, never have to tear it down. Exactly. It's super nice. <laughs> yeah. The luxury of a pro YouTuber. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so my wallet isn't happy with me, but <laughs> I love, I love your set. By the way, again, if you're not Thank watching you. the video, um, you can go watch any Computer Clan video. You have kind of a historic. You could always justify Apple purchases because you could be like. Well, I'll, I'll put it in the backdrop. <laughs> uh, no joke. I've told that to myself before. <laughs> it's like, oh, I could get this autographed thing of Steve Wozniak. It, it's just going to be, it's a business expense. It's in the background. <laughs> I would never know that that's what that is, though. <laughs> I can't, I can't see Oh, it. I know. Wait, for like some things, it's more like. For B-roll, for you. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of just in there for decoration. But no, it's, I wanted to make an engaging background because I get comments just sometimes about a thing that's in the background. And oh, sometimes. Brilliant. Sometimes that thing I put in the background is a hint at a future episode. So that's, you know, oh, I like to fun. play around like that. So tell me about your kind of situation. I mean, you said that you have a full-time job. I have a full-time yeah. job now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's that like? How do you balance the craziness of YouTube with a full-time gig? <laughs> that is an excellent question. And I really have no idea how I did it. So <laughs> I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I was having like some real like some like uh, epiphany moments recently where it's like, what do I want to do with my life? So <laughs> my, my day job is awesome. I work at a video agency. I work with the best people on the planet and I've been working there for six years while running YouTube. And recently I was like, well, I need to focus on the day job more. So I'm going to switch from an every week schedule on YouTube to an every other week schedule. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months later, I'm like, wait a minute, 
I want to do the YouTube chat. Why am I doing less of the thing I want to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still working 40 hours a week at this other job. So I'm working to yeah. get those hours cut down so I can focus on the YouTube cool. channel more and get back to an every week schedule. And stuff. You basically want to do the opposite of that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But at least, I mean, it sounds like what is your, if you don't mind sharing, like what is your full-time job a video agency? What What is that? So the company I work for, which I don't want to dive too much into has, we don't like outsource the video work. We just have like a specialized, like in, internal team. Oh, cool. So anytime there needs to be like a, a commercial made or even just like internal training videos, we're the ones that do it. And we just kind of cool. Like triage, I guess is the word you can use. We all can do everything, but we all specialize in a specific thing, motion graphics, sound, whatever. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty well nice. gelled team. Yeah. It's nice working with people, you know, it's uh, when you're a YouTuber, solo YouTuber it can get a little lonely sometimes. So, and that's the other thing too. Like these are serious things to consider when you want to go full-time YouTube. If you're just working by yourself, well, how does that feel? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know, and that's one reason why I still did the day job so I could have a bit of a social life. But after doing it for like six years, it kind of hit me like, well, I think I can do the solo thing and still not be mm -hmm. lonely. I actually, I could make more time to do things with friends now if I'm working yeah. the YouTube thing. So, and think, you know, yeah. if, if you went more full time with YouTube and obviously hopefully the revenue would grow mm -hmm. and which would allow for hiring people. So, yeah, that's something I've thought about. It's definitely not on my radar yet, but yeah, it's like, you know, like snazzy labs and you know, Quinn has his dedicated editor guy and I yeah. can see, yeah, <laughs> that would be very yeah. useful. Um, I've contracted people before, like for the podcast, I've contracted my buddy Sage to do all that editing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if the computer clan ever got much, much bigger, yeah, we would need other full-time employees. <laughs> Are you able to uh, go full-time now? Like if you really wanted to just flip the switch and uh, as far as revenue for computer clan, you think, or it, it would, it would be a little complicated at first, but I, I think I could make it work because I was actually making way more dur during, um, uh, uh, like a couple of days before I started the whole, my brain's all over the place. Oh, the, Sorry. It's late. Uh, every um, week thing. Yes. But back when I was doing every week, I was actually making more revenue on sure. YouTube and Patreon and stuff than I was at my day job. So I absolutely think it could be done, but lately it's dipped probably not just because of the every other week thing, but probably also just because sometimes I can't, I guess, always do the types of videos I need to do that resonate with my audience more. Sure. Um, and I found yeah, I, when I was yeah. like, when I was just like head down, just focused on YouTube, like you start to optimize better and you'll, you'll like really exactly. be just so focused that you'll be able to know exactly what kind of videos will perform well that's exactly um, it. Yeah. Continue to work with more brands, bringing in the sponsorship money. Um, do you have an agent or do you do all that yourself? And see, that's, that's the other thing too. I'm glad you brought that up. I used to have an agent that like, I didn't like totally cut ties with her. It's just, I was so busy with my day job. I had to stop doing the sponsorship stuff. But mm. now that I, you know, get less time at the day job, more time on YouTube, I can now go back to doing things like that where I can do sponsorships yeah. because that stuff that's where the real pays money really is, well for sure yeah oh yeah. yeah totally that pays really well and that can help the computer clan just grow exponentially and then like you said earlier i can now have more time to optimize <laughs> yeah. 
because yeah. I see some I see some people do episodes that just like really take off, and I'm like, wait a minute, I did an episode about the same topic. Why is theirs doing so much better? It's because yeah. they've nurtured their audience to mm. to understand. Oh, hey, they're gonna release this thing that I'm expecting. I'm gonna watch it. And Renee <laughs> Ritchie, Renee Ritchie's a good reminder too. Like he he says things like, don't think of the algorithm. He's like, just think of your audience. Just provide value to yes. your audience. Don't think of it as a robot. You know, totally optimized for humans, not an algorithm. There you go. Sure. Uh, did you get the YouTube formula book by Daryl Eves? Did you buy that or do you know about it? I I did not buy that. No, it sounds cool because I was actually getting some serious FOMO from Vid Summit. I, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't go this year. Just buy this book and you don't need to go to Vid Summit. <laughs> it's called right. the YouTube formula. Uh, Daryl Eves. Sweet. Uh, this is the second time i promoted it i, I promoted it last week uh my, mm -hmm. my previous interview uh this entire book is like my buddy Je do you know jevin dovey he's no. a filmmaker um. guy he reviews like drones and gimbals and cameras and stuff uh but he's a good friend of mine and he actually mm. spent i think it's like five thousand dollars for the daryl eaves like upstart your channel like thing Whoa. um and then he also bought this book and he's like yeah, the book has everything I learned in my $5,000 course. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So if you want the real oh, deal, good. um, pick it up. Uh, I'll, I'll send you an affiliate link. Um, <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm all for that. I know how that world works. Uh, uh, hey, you take my link. <laughs> I'll send you a link. Um, no dude, like, I just want to, I just want to pump you up and say your content is like top notch. You're hilarious. Um, the last couple of videos I've noticed too, like you're really doing a good job of holding me to the very end. Like I never feel like I want to drop off because it's just mm -hmm. like, uh, content one after another, one after another humor, humor, humor. And then the way that you're structuring the videos too, like I have to stay to the end, um, <laughs> which is great. I, yep. I, I'm totally glad you mentioned that. Cause I, I've done like some mini crash courses on this kind of stuff like on my patreon I, I really give like a behind the scenes look of like how i write my videos and yeah it's they're specifically manufactured that way and i feel like that is one thing i've done really well on youtube is mm -hmm. the whole retention thing because like my latest scam buster was peaking out at like a 73.6 percent retention which Dude, is like unheard nuts. of that's nuts that's <laughs> mr beast level yeah that's crazy uh, yeah it's like it's like really flat too which for those who don't know like that if the flatter it is, that means the less people are stopping the video and leaving. So exactly. like, that means people are being held until the end. So I think I've gotten pretty good at that. It's just discoverability. Like that's my biggest challenge. I need to keep optimizing for that. Totally. Totally, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, it, don't like stress out about it. Cause it's a long game. I mean, you've been in the game for right. a, a long time now and sure you have these people who can maybe blow up, you know, quickly or whatever, but you mm -hmm. have such this, you have such a knowledge of YouTube um, and it's clearly something you're passionate about. Um, in theory, this could be the rest of your life. I mean, this is a lifelong career. So I, yeah, I would no, absolutely love it to be. There's no real yeah. like rush to, to uh, get to any type of metric yeah. or whatever. It's, it's all just your own personal journey. And um, if you're able to, to make a living at all doing something like this, I mean, that's such mm -hmm. a blessing uh, in of itself. It absolutely is. And I do have to remind myself of that when times get tough. It's like, it's like when I talk with the 8-bit guy, you know, you know, he's, he's older than me. It's like, he, he was like, I don't want to say his age, but he was like X amount of years older than me when he went full-time on YouTube. And it's like, huh, well, 
okay, maybe I'm really not in a rush to get this to happen. I, mean, <laughs> I want to make it happen now, but it's like, yeah, it's different for everybody. You, you, you can't really compare yourself to other people. Like the time will come. You got to be patient sometimes and really, yeah, just don't be competitive with other people. You, you don't have to be better than them. You just, you have to compete with yourself yesterday. You know, you have exactly. to be better than your yesterday self. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at least for me personally too, it's all been just I've I've wanted to just have good relationships with with other YouTubers because mm. they're the only people that I really feel like I can truly connect with. Because um, in social settings in real life, like it's hard to like talk about algorithm and you know it. You have to base. <laughs> if if okay. anybody asks, what do you do? It's like, oh well, I make YouTube videos or whatever, and it, you know, oh, tell me about that, and just. I have to educate people on it or whatever, or I just ignore the, I just say I do video stuff, but uh, dude, I'm, yep. <laughs> I'm, the same, I'm, I'm the same. That's another reason I want to go to vid summit is to like network with more people, but I'm the same way, like in a social setting, like if it's just like, if I'm reading the room and it's like, okay, I don't really want to go down the YouTube rabbit hole. I'll just be like, Oh, I'm a video producer. But like, yeah, if I, if I can tell it'll be acceptable to go down the rabbit hole, I will say, yeah, I'm a content creator on YouTube. And then, <laughs> that'll usually be the conversation for the next totally. half hour so i remember i was in a i was in a church group out here we just started going to a new church and we went to a new mm -hmm. group and uh one of the people in the group like his son is like a twitch streamer and mm -hmm. he's actually been growing and he's been rather successful and the the dad in the group was like yeah i don't know like you know he still needs to go to college he's in a senior in high school and like I, I want him to have something that he can fall back on and blah, blah, blah. And sure. I was like, well, yes. Okay. That's responsible. But let me just tell you, like I'm a full-time or I was a full-time YouTuber. I know many of them. It's a very credible and legitimate thing now. Like maybe mm -hmm. five, six years ago, that wasn't the case, but just so you know, for your own education, if he's like doing well on Twitch as a 16 year old, like he's literally getting opportunities. He's getting crap. paid to do uh, competitions. I'm like, this, this is a big deal. Like the fact that your son is doing that now is like not normal. So you should just like <laughs> encourage him to go for it. Cause I can tell you this, if he's a successful Twitch guy, like there's a lot of money to be made there for sure. So I just think a lot of people, like normal people just don't get how viable of a career path it is. You know, it's just a yeah. lot of work, hard work, but absolutely. And I'm the same way. I told myself, I still do want to go to college just to have like a bit of a safety net. So like, you know, I only went to like a two year school, pretty simple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I, but yeah, everything else, like the stuff I learned in school was, it was okay. But like most of the stuff I learned was going to be out in the field anyway. Exactly. I, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a Twitch streamer. I became a YouTube guy, but like <laughs> my portfolio was like, YouTube videos, my resumes, all YouTube videos. It's like all the <laughs> stuff I learned was like through a YouTube project. It's like, yeah, it's a viable thing. It makes money. You can meet people and learn. A, a I don't know if I can swear. A, a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a family show. <laughs> yes. This is, a, this is, this show is brought to you by Polar Pro. So we are, we are a, uh, a sponsored by, or it's brought, this is a Polar Pro show. So we represent them. So I don't know if you knew Sweet. that. <laughs> I did not. Do you I know? just learned something today too. <laughs> yeah, Polar Pro is a uh, in Costa Mesa. I used to go to their studio and record this, but now I live in Nashville. But um, out in California, they're based out there, and they make all the mm -hmm. amazing filters, uh, variable neutral density filters, the Peter McKinnon one, and uh, all sorts of different things. So check it out, PolarPro.com. There's the plug. 
Um, so, like, if you had a magic wand, Ken, if you had a magic wand, money was no object, what would you want to, like, be doing right now with, with the channel, with your career? What if just Oh, yeah. Magic wand moment. Magic wand, it would be, like, YouTube full-time and with, like, a, you know, maybe a little bit of a bigger studio so I could have, like, some full-time employees and we just, we crank stuff out. Like, the thing I would really like to have is, like, a dedicated research team or even just a re- dedicated research person. Yes, to help me do stuff because a lot of the pre-production for anything I want to do is all research-based and it would be really, really nice to have someone just to help with that. And it's happened sometimes just if I have like a buddy over, like he'll help me figure something out. Like uh, my buddy Brent, he's a really good tinkerer so he can figure things out. And then I can be like, Oh, Hey, let's do an episode about that. Yeah. If it was me trying to figure it out, it would take forever. So yeah. Having like a, a small staff and like a nice studio size, that'd be great. And we'd keep pumping out cool computer clan stuff. Who are the, the kind of channels or people that you look up to? I mean, Linus, snazzy labs, Marquez, that kind of stuff. Snazzy was one of the earlier ones. He, when I was watching, it was his Mulder Mac video. He did a video about that old, g3 all-in-one like before the imac i think started even shipping like i saw that and i was like oh i like this whole like production value about apple history and stuff because like that's one of the legs to the computer clan stool is retro tech and mm-hmm. seeing his channel kind of reinvigorated that uh so that was one of them captain disillusion i don't know if you've ever oh seen my captain gosh Dis- yes i yes the fact <laughs> that you brought those two people up it's almost as if you are captain disillusion and Quinn put together like <laughs> dude I totally agree people have literally in my comment section say I look like a wider snazzy labs <laughs> like people have said that um but yes Captain Disillusion huge inspiration um he's you know, the whole yeah the whole scam busting stuff like I, I I probably subconsciously borrowed some of his debunking tactics when I do that um sure yeah I can see yeah. that I can see the inspiration there yeah absolutely <laughs> plus you know just from the video geek in me watching him, you know, break down visual effects and how people use them to, you know, make fake viral videos and stuff. Yeah. Like just, I geek out about that stuff. And I feel so good when he busts them and it's like, yeah, we figured this out. This is how this was faked. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I like this. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm coming up on almost a year of not making any YouTube stuff. It's been weird. Um, oh, wow. I quit Indie Mogul back in February so or January, technically. So um, I'm over here in Nashville just kind of chilling. It's been a mm-hmm. good time for me to kind of reset, recalibrate, figure out what I want to do next. And uh, so I'm excited. I've, I've finally, with the help of this book and a lot of research, I've, I'm excited to get into retro gaming. That's my, that's my next uh, frontier. I'm getting out of the camera review space uh i feel like it's the camera review i don't know if you consume camera reviews very much but um i feel like we've kind of arrived at a point now where the cameras are so good it's like not interesting anymore (laughs) i mean to me personally like those reviewers can absolutely do whatever they want it works for them but yeah i do not i do not consume them anymore nope it was there was so much nuance like, like just when i started three years ago um the, every camera had like this one had a flip screen this one didn't this one had a mic jack this one didn't this one shoots 4k this one only shoots 1080 the autofocus is mm. good the autofocus sucks like there was a lot of variety and um nuance and it was all kind of like we're all just waiting for a camera with a flip screen with a mic jack good autofocus 4k 
stabilized sensor, full frame, and that's it. And it's like now we've got the R5, the A7S III, the A7 mm. IV. We've got the, and then obviously the Blackmagic cameras are in their own category as well uh, in terms of like low budget, high quality f- like cinema cameras. Yeah. Um, and then even with cinema cameras, we've got the C70, the FX3, the FX6, like all these great options. Um, it's kind of, and even red has now become obtainable with the Komodo. Like you can, if you really wanted to, you could buy a Komodo as well for a decent price. So, um, it's pretty crazy, but it's, it's exciting in its own way. I mean, uh, mobile photography is getting better and better. Uh, the fact that this is a 12, I, I didn't feel a need to upgrade to the 13. No, I, I got the 12 pro as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I did feel like, ah, I want to try the pro res on the 13, but, um, it's I wouldn't I would never use it really, and I would probably never use it too because how do you get it off of there? <laughs> that's what well, like I'm like that's that's a good point. Like I shouldn't give Apple my money until they give me a like a real pro solution to get it off. It needs yeah, to have because, a USB C on it. Yeah, because like and, and you know we know that's not going to happen. They're going to just know. totally kill the port before they go to USB C. But like that's <laughs> the problem. You you shoot this high bitrate ProRes. I don't know what the bitrate of it is on the iPhone, but like transferring it would. T- I think it's 700 yeah. megabits per second. It's, a, okay, it's yeah. absurd. You couldn't transfer that over USB 2 practically. <laughs> that would just take forever. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize it, but yeah, like um, as USB 3 and USB C became more of a standard, Lightning never upgraded. It just stayed USB 2. Speed. Yeah. Um, I actually thought that it was USB 3, but uh, I guess it's not. Yeah, I don't think it is unless there's something I'm missing, but I'm pretty sure it's still USB Ooh. two speeds. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, if you could change one thing about YouTube, being a YouTuber, having all the experience you've had over the last several years, what would be that one? Like, if you could kind of have one feature or one request, if you had the CEO of YouTube on the phone and you said, "I need this," or could you please change this? What would that be for you? I would kind of like a way to signal boost past uploads like i know there's like ways to do it organically like with um like like changing the title and changing the thumbnail and sometimes it'll get recrawled by the algorithm and stuff like that but i kind of hope there was like a way to like maybe get it like boosted back like like it was a new upload like get it reboosted back to the top even if that was a paid feature and speaking of paid features i would like just like some sort of paid version of youtube where you get some sort of like pro features like maybe a dedicated concierge or like some other vimeo features like oh i noticed a mistake in my video oh i can just swap it out like you can't do that with youtube so it'd be cool to have like some dedicated things like that maybe faster in code times like you get pushed to the beginning of the processing queue or you know just like a (laughs) pro tier that yeah like a pro (laughs) tier that just gives you some nice benefits like that would be pretty cool i've i've kind of said like i feel like at a certain point if you have like a hundred thousand subs or more you should just have premium by default like why why am i paying for premium that you know? <laughs> that would be nice yeah yeah like uh and i feel like i don't know if this is a real technical thing that happens but i see people on twitter who have newer youtube channels that do complain about the long processing times and my processing time usually isn't that bad and Part of my imagination thinks, oh, I'm an OG YouTube channel, so they put me at the front of the line, even though I don't think they do that. <laughs> but, like, I've noticed my processing time is okay. But, yeah, back to premium. Yeah, I pay for it because I like it a lot, but it would be I know. cool if we got it for free. Yeah. I'll take, take it out of my revenue paycheck. Whatever. Yeah, yeah Just... <laughs> exactly. Just take it out of the ad rev. I would never notice, right? <laughs> I, I would never notice. 
Oh man. Okay, yeah, that's a good feature. I, you know, have you experimented with with like repurposing old videos? Because I'm sure you have some bangers um, that would perform better now with a newer audience that have never even seen them. Um, f- for instance, what I did is I, I, I had one that basically stand. It's a good standalone video that had nothing mm-hmm. to do with any type of relevant time period. It was just kind of a silly like how to use a GoPro video. And so I, mm-hmm. I just introed it with my new set and my new setup. And I was like, Hey, here's a, you know, here's a video I made. It's really funny. I shot it a couple of years ago, but here you go. And then, you know, and then it ended up getting like four times as many views as it did back then. <laughs> Cause it was older. So, yeah. So the funny thing is um, at the day job I work at, that is sometimes something we do. I'm, I'm too picky about myself or if it's like, I want to revisit a topic, I'll just shoot an all new video, which I've done. And it's absolutely worse. Oh, like, yeah. It's it, a new video, the, same topic, basically. Exactly. And it's like higher production value and it usually gets a lot of views. And um, Smart. sometimes, yeah, sometimes if I just want to boost an old video, I'll freshen up the thumbnail, change the title, you know, blast it out on Twitter. And sometimes it goes up a bit, but yeah, I don't do that a lot intentionally, but sometimes I just get lucky. Cause like years ago, I made a, a little Mac tips and tricks video about how to uh, display your iPad on your Mac screen. And this was like way before there were like any built-in features to do this. It was with uh-huh. Air Server. Oh so my gosh. you can mirror, yeah, so you can air, air, um, mirror your iPad on your Mac. And this was 2012, and the video got a lot of views, and then it kind of like tapered off or whatever. But then, when everyone started working from home apparently crap tons of people wanted to know how to show their ipad on their like computer screen the, oh, the yeah. view traffic went like crazy up all of a sudden oh wow <laughs> and it was like a nine-year-old video so. <laughs> that's like my buddy so, has a six-year-old video filming his father-in-law uh deep frying a turkey and it's titled how to deep fry a turkey <laughs> it always gets twenty thousand views every november <laughs> like, yeah 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 and it's I, a filmmaking always... channel it has nothing to do with turkeys it's just the algorithm knows like <laughs> And like, sometimes you just, the algorithm gets wind of those things. Like even like Marquez will joke about it and be like, Hey, this is trending from like 10 years ago. He looks totally different. His hair is different. It's just like, wait a minute. My my first video. Yeah. It's so random. The I Justine was the the most recent one that got roped into that. It was her on a webcam at a Mac store, Apple store. I finally got an iPhone. (laughs) I finally got an iPhone. And it's like, it's like a minute or something. I think everybody I, got it for some reason. <laughs> I saw I saw it pop up too. Yep. And you clicked on it, right? <laughs> I I don't think I did actually. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I might as well click on it. <laughs> I did click on the MKBHD one. It was like channel update 8.0. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how the, yeah the algorithm works. It, it makes sense though, because like Justine and Marquez are, you know, they're so well established now. It's it is kind of like if you're a fan of them seeing them 10 years ago is kind of silly and funny. And like, of course I am interested yep. in seeing this, you know, cause it's, mm-hmm. you don't, you, you rarely go all the way back, but if the algorithm just serves it to you, it's like, I oh, might as well watch this. I, I remember like, this is a lesson I've had to like remind myself, like I'm picky about my old videos, but it's like, I see myself watching other channels, old videos. It's fine. So the yeah. viewers for me, that doesn't matter to them. They want it. But I remember this one funny moment when I was watching captain disillusion, I just had his like videos on autoplay and I was watching them. And then this next one starts playing and everything about it feels normal. Cause he has a really like good structure and a formula and everything. But I'm like, wait a minute, why is it so fuzzy? Why won't it load the HD option? And I go to click the menu 
there is no HD option. I go to check the date and it's from like 2010. And I'm like, holy crap. His video is like so good and consistent. I thought this was new. But oh, it's wow. Like, yeah. That's what you want, man. Yeah. It's an old 2010 video. And it's like, this is still just as good, man. I Wait. have not mastered that, but uh, well, you, you I, I was going to say, I think you have though. And especially with oh. these recent, um, the scam busting type videos, those do have that kind of structure and they're so bingeable you and yes. and, they're, and they're not time sensitive um true and you're right i will agree with that 100 percent. i guess what i meant was um i haven't mastered it as long as he has sure he sure, can make sure. it work 10 years ago but yes uh, yeah absolutely. but I, Appreciate I, I i would assume that that may be sort of your your strategy with those types of videos is yep am i on it with that yep totally absolutely cool. Because that's that's kind of the problem with being a tech reviewer or in the tech scene is you may get a good boost in traffic when the product's new, uh, people are searching for it, everybody's talking about it, you want to be part of the conversation, but you know a year goes by, you might get some decent views, uh, two years go by, <clears throat> and now it's not relevant. You know, it's right and that's why like there's three legs to the computer clan it's it's the scam tech it's the retro tech and it's the new tech and occasionally like i will do the new tech stuff to try to suck in those newer viewers that <laughs> were maybe just searching a keyword and they found my channel but my idea is to funnel them to the other mm. videos like the retro stuff and the scam stuff which is a little more timeless and preserved in history i guess you could say yeah. and get them to stick around and then watch more of that stuff totally and i think that's a better strategy overall because you know, it's, it's based more on people who are just genuine tech enthusiasts. Um, mm. They get attack, a, a, attracted to your personality um, right. and they're just there to see your stuff. It's not about, yeah. it, basically you want somebody to just be suggested your video and then they just click on it and watch it without right. even thinking about it. Right. And, you know, I still have to be careful with what I do a new tech episode about because like last year i experimented with just like kind of a bunch of things like i even tried some like microsoft stuff like when they did the surface duo mm -hmm. i tried doing an episode about that and like hardly anybody watched it and like i tried doing stuff with the iphone and like hardly anybody watched it and then i did the pixel 4a and it got like 150,000 views i'm like oh okay that one performed well so i could do more of that but then i was like well i'm not really a phone channel i'm not too into phones so i'm probably not gonna do. i learn a lot about what works and what doesn't work yeah. with the audience and what i'd like to do and what not like to do and yeah you got to do videos about stuff you like to do because otherwise it gets kind of oh yeah it feels, it feels too much like a job <laughs> dude tell me about it yeah when i was at yeah. indie mogul there was a couple of videos where it was just like you know a camera company sent us uh, a camera that i could care less about and it was just like just go out and make a video, make a, just make a stupid video and just be done with it. And it's like, okay, uh, this is a job yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <clears throat> when I was doing camera reviews, it was literally like every new camera that came out, I would just buy it and review it. And so no matter if it was from Fuji, Panasonic, Nikon, whatever, I would just do it. And a lot of times I didn't care. So um, I had to kind of make it as entertaining as possible sure. for me to stay sane with it. But uh Anyways, um, totally get it. But yeah, at the end of the day, if you're starting a YouTube channel or anything, um, content creation wise, whether it's Instagram or whatever, like make it about something you're passionate about. Cause, um, you're going to be spending a lot of time doing it and you're, and you have the luxury of choosing what you're doing. So it's like, might as well choose exactly what you want. Um, mm -hmm. 
and it can take a long time. It's taken me nine months to figure out what I want to do next. Um, it's sure. a lot of back and forth, but I, I heard a great quote from Eric. Uh, do you know he is oh, yeah. a big YouTuber? Mm-hmm. Um, he was on well, Colin and Samir. Uh, I'm going to play it because it's just like a 40 second clip. It's like a YouTube short. Where mm-hmm. is it? Uh, I just saw it. I guess, oh my gosh, the algorithm is crazy. I guess it's an old video <laughs> and it suggested it to me a while and I clicked on it because, well, I I can't remember what he said exactly, but he basically was like, the amazing thing about YouTube is that you're, uh, the, the ceiling for like success or what you want to do is all based on you and how hard you're willing to work. Like there's nobody stopping you from growing or, or, um, you know, getting as many followers or views or money as you like, it's literally just mm-hmm. how hard are you willing to work? And, um, that's kind of it. Like there's nobody, exactly. there's no barrier. There's no like gatekeepers necessarily. Um, exactly. And that's really like democratizing, democratizing media, which has never been done before. And it's really exciting. That's how we have some guy in North Carolina, who's become the biggest YouTuber <laughs> on the planet. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Jimmy, Mr. Beast, he's just yep. a guy from uh, uh, Greenville. Dude, that guy, gosh, I, <laughs> he, he has, he just cracked the code on everything, man. He's a genius. Like, and totally. it's funny. Cause like, I went back and watched his, old, some of his older videos that like still hardly have any views. And it's like, oh, wow. I can kind of piece this stuff together. He's like really setting himself up for success here. Like totally. he's like, setting it, it kind of look like connecting the dots backwards it's like yeah he's gonna like launch something really big even though i'm <laughs> sure he wasn't sure when it was gonna happen back then but yeah he's he's cracked the code and everything. <laughs> yeah and i mean as i'm sitting here an old 31 year old married with two kids it's like i do look at him like he is young he has the the kind of freedom to do that you know i'm not trying to uh I'm just in a different stage of life where like, I don't care that much anymore. When I was 21, I was very driven and motivated and just worked all the time. But now it's like, Mm -hmm. I literally don't care. (laughs) Like, I just want to be home with my kids, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that was a similar thing that happened to me, like trying to find balance with this day job. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing YouTube all this time. And I think that's what it was. I was just more driven at the time to do YouTube full-time while doing a full-time job. And it's like, Whoa, but then I had to like choose to bring one down. And now it's like, wait, I'm bringing the YouTube thing down. (laughs) That needs to go back up. This other one needs to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually you can, are you, will you eventually quit? You think on that? Yes. Yes. That's, that's the goal. And like you said, it's about like how much you're willing to work. And I've realized that recently, a reason I probably haven't done it sooner was because I was just kind of afraid that I couldn't make it work, but it's like, wait a minute, I can make it work. I totally, just have man. to keep working on it. Like, <laughs> and, and recently I have found myself getting very excited about problem solving. Like yeah. if something's not performing or something like that, I get excited to be like, okay, well, Hey, let's make this next video better now. And as long as I'm always excited about problem solving channel is going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. I think you're in a really great spot. The channel is healthy and all you gotta mm-hmm. do is just, throw some wood on the fire and it, it'll continue to grow. And, um, absolutely. Again, everybody who's listening to the show, go subscribe to computer clan. Ken, thank you for being on the golden hour podcast. It was a real pleasure, pleasure to meet you and to have you on. Absolutely. And I can't wait yeah, to get my MacBook. I'm not getting it till November 17th. <laughs> so I'm jealous. Yeah. 
Is that space gray or silver? I can't really tell, the, actually. This is silver. I jumped on the... Uh, I got, like the... I got silver as well, actually. Oh, sweet. I think, okay, so here's what happened. I think Space Gray got too mainstream for me. <laughs> so, so I bought silver. I brought it into the day job office and people were looking at it and they're like, is that a different like color of aluminum? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> no, I think silver is making a comeback, man. I mean, the Mac Pro so. is silver. and Exactly. Uh, and that's a pro machine. Uh, mm -hmm. And... Honestly, for thumbnails, silver pops better than uh, space gray. So, I think so. Yeah, it's it's just brighter looking. <laughs> yeah, space gray looks like a dull silver. It's like, why would I want something dull? You always want something bright <laughs> and crazy, you know? For uh, I like it. YouTube thumbnails. All right, Ken. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Yeah. See you soon. See ya.